Hey, Sprinters, welcome to The Sprints with Carl and Jamie, where we will give you a sprint of life and fun. Food, fashion, travel, whatever comes to our minds. Let's get into it. Welcome back, Spritzers. We have an amazing guest here with us today, Camilla Barunji, an old, dear friend of mine. Not old. She's actually young. Young, beautiful, (laughs) dear friend of mine. Welcome, Camilla. It's okay. I'm old. Hey, Hey, Camilla. She's a new friend of mine. How's that, Carl? Hey, Jamie. Honestly, I feel like I am because, you know, I've heard so much about you. So very nice to meet you finally. Same here, and I'm so glad that we are together, and thank you so much for coming on The Spritz. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be a spritzer. Yeah. (laughs) So, we're going to dive right in. We have an amuse-bouge that was actually bought with Camilla. She's so awesome and so thoughtful. Camilla, can you please tell us what you brought in for us today? Yeah, so I heard about you guys and the Moose Bush in the episode. I think it's so brilliant and so awesome. A great cultural exchange of sorts and obviously Epicurious. And I was like, wait a minute, let me bring them my Moose Bush. And I know you had had someone from Zimbabwe. I'm from shout out to Vivian. Vivian. Shout out to Vivian. And she had brought her. When she said caterpillars, I said, wow, these guys are wild. So I said, you know what? <laughs> Let me do another one on them, you know. And so I brought you Nsenene. This is what they're called in Uganda. They're called Nsenene. 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 And they're actually grasshoppers. They're an edible. <gasps> yes. Oh they're an God. edible grasshopper. That comes uh, seasonally. No one knows where it comes from, from the skies or whatever, from nature. And everybody, rich, poor, old, young, goes in and we enjoy this little... It's actually really good. Yeah, really crispy here. I can use a little rice with it (laughs) and gravy. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) And cinnamon. They're like... Very uh, good. Insect potato chip. That's right. And they're all protein, really good for you, like high in mineral. Like, mm. actually, it's a superfood. So it's a superfood that Mother Nature would provide people from time of the beginning of time. No one can remember. Yeah. So I've been fasting, so I think I'm gonna continue my fast with some some grasshoppers. I'm so happy. You breaking your fast? You mean? I'm breaking my I, fast. I break my fast with them. Yeah. As well, it's yeah. so good. It's really good. Well, it's funny you say that they're a superfood because there's so many great superfoods in Africa, right? Because mm. Viv got me taking Moringa, mm. so I've been taking those pills. Do you Are you familiar with those? You're not going to believe this. That was my first business ever. <laughs> I owned a company called African Moringa and oh my literally God. was the first person to bring Moringa to the U.S. <gasps> back in 2007. Oh so Moringa is so dear to my heart and I'm so glad you're taking it. Everyone should take it. Like, why not? So I'm going to kickstart and just kind of dive in. I've known you for quite some time. We actually met at a bar slash restaurant back in like 2008, nine, yep. and have just been knowing each other from the neighborhood of Chelsea for, for all of these years. That's right. And we just kind of just really kicked it off and have this really cool acquaintanceship friendship. Right. And I'm so happy to have you on. Please tell us about yourself. Like, where do you come from? Who is Camilla? Yeah, who is Camilla? Interesting question for Gemini with like 
how many personalities, <laughs> but... Uh, at least two. Yeah, at least two. at least two. I actually have a friend who claims that I have three faces in photographs. She's so... <laughs> and she's known me all my whole life, so she knows. Yeah, so who am I? Pretty much an entrepreneurial woman of color, New Yorker, living in New York, by way of California, of African descent, originally Ugandan. That's how I would say I describe myself, a friend, not yet married, but very, very great lover. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Look at the bingo right here. Put that out there. <laughs> I'm like, great lover. <laughs> I'm doing the most. No, but that's pretty much me in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not you, just you in a nutshell, because <laughs> Camila, you were an amazing person in the tech community, right? Yeah. And then because you're so drop-dead gorgeous, they found you, plucked you from California, moved you to New York to go all over the world to be a fashion model. That's right. Uh Uh-huh. That's right. Hanging out with presidents and celebs. Then you're an entrepreneur, and then you're also an advocate for sustainable clothing. I mean, I could go on and yeah. on. So I'm telling you, the Gemini, it takes <laughs> you in all kinds of directions. But, you know, thank you. I mean, the way you describe it, it sounds so glamorous. But obviously, it it's been a life journey, you know, almost building a portfolio life and having many different aspects of my life leading me here. Came to the States for technology in Silicon Valley. Was really excited about that. But more from an academic standpoint and a technical standpoint. And then I got there and saw the business side of it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, whoa, startups. Wow, there's a formula that works to build a business. And while I was doing that, that's when fashion, that became, uh, you know, being a, looking for a job. Fashion mm-hmm. was a great job. And then it exposed me to a whole other world that was like, wow, creative, collaboration, these amazing people that I would never meet in Uganda. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it was like a kid in a candy store, like yeah. eating it all up. <laughs> like, so being young and excited and just not knowing what's where I'm going, like a lot of young people, but just being like open and just being like taking every opportunity that came is where laid me all the way here, you know? Wow. Wow. <laughs> That's great advice to take every opportunity. Right, right. And it's so cool. I'm kind of interested in your company, which is called The Bizio. The Bizio. Yeah, you are a managing director of culture and content. That's right. With an emphasis kind of on African fashion. Right. So that's what I'm saying, like literally. And this is why I really like, I also mentor a lot of young women. And I always tell them, I'm like, don't worry so much where you're going to wind up. Like just you know, think about where you are, you know, because, you know, we all had that issue, worried about the future. Mm-hmm. So the Busio is kind of a culmination of my entire life, pretty much, you know. The Busio is technology, which I really, really love. And I think it's a very, very powerful tool. I think especially for communities and entrepreneurs and people looking to connect with different places, we had a most fascinating time in our life. Like in the tech world, I mean, this industrial revolution, the fourth is supposed to be maybe one of our last, we don't know, Mm. but like, uh, it's a huge, huge, huge time for us. So, you know, after doing so many things, working in fashion, running my own businesses, you know, working in import, export, distribution, doing consulting, bread, all of this, I decided to go on a quest. When you go through so many business ventures, you, Mm -hmm. you hit a lot of challenges especially being I was a young woman, black woman, African woman. 
And I just decided to take a step back. And this step back is so important. Like I tell people sometimes just going full force. And I try to take a step back every day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I take a step back even every hour, you know, just to take look at myself again. So I took a step back and I de- decided to go on a quest back to technology. Say, who in technology is building something that I think could be really powerful based upon what I'm doing? And so I did a very cool strategy that I would tell one day, one story. But I found all the people that I was looking for that were building this type of thing. I went on a quest, and that's how I met the CEO of the Bizio, Ricky mm-hmm. Thompson, who is an incredible technologist and entrepreneur. To me, he was the holy grail of all the things that I care about, sustainability, impact, communities. And I was like, wow, you know, if we bring this to fashion, it could really transform fashion, entrepreneurship, people struggling. And yeah, that's where we are right now. So what exactly is the Bizio? <laughs> so the Bizio is an enterprise technology platform. So when you think about enterprise technology companies, they are very few and far between. We know the big ones. We know the Google, we know the Microsoft. We're using all of them right now. And what we realized, and Richard Thompson realized actually, not me, is that they were really now huge big tech companies going to provide accessible services to the underserved, Mm -hmm. meaning small businesses, people in Africa, the last mile, you know, communities that already don't have digital, you know. So we decided that we wanted to be the ones to fill that space. So Busio right now, as it stands, is a portal where any entrepreneur, any individual for one license can get a whole suite of solutions to run their business. Got it. So from your, what we're using now, video conferencing, Mm -hmm. we have that from your drive to store your files, from your mail, from your accounting, your C-suite. This is a big one for entrepreneurs. Trust me, I went down that road. (laughs) (laughs) So a lot of those solutions and also social networking and really using AI and the new technologies so that entrepreneurs have them at their fingertips. So that's the Bizio. Awesome. And so do people access the Bizio to find the entrepreneurs that are using that platform? Or does the Bizio just allow those entrepreneurs to have access to other channels to get information out about what they're doing? So the vision for the Bizio is to really create the next-gen tech ecosystem, right? So it's like everybody's online, everybody's on Facebook. We've already experienced social media. We've been wowed. Now we know that there's a possibility to monetize like podcasts and stuff. But who is the one determining this model? Where is that data going? We are all on these portals for free. We don't know who's using our data. We don't know how it's being commercialized. So what the Bizio does is put the power back into the hands of the entrepreneur so that they own their data. They decide Mm. how to commercialize their data. It's a private VPN. So you manage and control your data all on the portal. So right now, anybody, it's a subscription model. Right now, it's about less than $400 a year. This is less than your QuickBooks and everything. But I will say that we launched on June 19th, which was so important for us because my my CEO is a black man. And he was like, this is the freedom he really sure. believes this, Juneteenth. Is a, yeah. this is a freedom of uh, technology. We don't have any other black-owned enterprise technology in the world. Mm-hmm. This is the only one. So that's why it's so important that we have more diversity and 
when they say diversity and inclusion, it's great. But diversity and inclusion in big tech, there's no diversity. I think they hire like 3% of people of color in big technology. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you're being from Uganda, you have an idea of what the capabilities are, what the access is in Africa. Right. Yes. And so Africa is interesting. When I tell people, I'm like thinking about Africa, because sometimes people are like, because I live in two worlds, right? So I live in the U.S. world and the Africa world. And I could switch. I will switch. <laughs> Gemini. <laughs> I will switch my accent, everything. Because I need to get, and when I'm talking to someone in Sierra Leone, I switch. When I'm in Uganda, I switch, you know, to get my things going. But it's a big gap. It's so different, right? So you think about Africa, it's a billion people on the continent. It's wow. the fastest growing population in the world. It's projected to be 2 billion in mm-hmm. 2050. And 70% wow. of them are under 30. It's a huge market. It's an mm-hmm. emerging market, right? And they've leapfrogged. So right now on the continent, it's about 700,000 smartphones. So they went from like nothing, yeah, no home landline, whatever, all these different landlines we had, nothing, to the smartphone, you know, to digital. So there's so much potential and also challenges. So we are in that in between, but we what we think and we think is so important is creating that bridge between the U.S. and Africa. And, you know, if people pay attention to like the news and stuff beyond the depressing stuff, there's some really interesting things happening between the U.S. and Africa in policy, in relationship building. And there's so much opportunity. Like you, fashion, Lagos yeah. is a huge market. Lagos is huge. You know, Chanel just showed in Dakar. Yeah, so that's you know, true. There's a lot going on. Well, my friends who live in Zimbabwe tell me about the bend-down markets where all the American fashion goes and goes to the market and they go sort through and will get vintage clothes. It's amazing. Yeah. And so people don't realize, from a fashion standpoint, 90% of Africans, this billion people, meaning 900,000 people, consume our used clothing from here, literally. Mm. So literally all the clothes that we wear, that they wear, are used clothes from here. So it's been difficult because it's broken down industry. So most countries don't have a fashion industry. Most countries don't even have one factory. So there's a lot of gaps. But then there's interesting things happening. Like the younger generation, they're like, oh, well, you know what? We don't have factories. We don't have money. So they are re upcycling. Mm-hmm. So like the upcycling market in Africa, those clothes are fierce. When you compare mm-hmm. upcycling in America, no offense, but because we haven't developed it so much, the clothing is a little, oh, it's like very like, oh, trying to, how do you say, hand me downs, trying to yeah. be cute. Besides some people like Bridget Atis, who's amazing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But over there, you see the younger generation getting really clever about using these materials. Well, I saw it on your Instagram. You have a lot of links to upcycled fashion. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Yeah. Sustainable fashion is interesting for me because mm-hmm. it's become so like kitschy and like the cool thing to do. But like for me, it's just not like I don't think about it that way yeah. at all. I actually went to a sustainable boarding school, which is where I get those principles we thought they were just making us suffer. They were like, <laughs> you guys are sustainable. You're going to cook your own food. You, we're like, wait a minute here. Mm-hmm. This is like free labor. But anyway, we learned a lot of things. And so when I came into fashion many moons ago, 
it was still luxury, beautiful, yeah. well-made, so many, your relationship with the designer. Then when manufacturing went abroad, it was like, wow, overnight, it was a shock to the yeah. system, like to the industry, like money-wise. I was a model, even in the model-wise, we felt it. Like, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. just, oh, wow, this is... So then I saw the quality and I was like, wow. And then... I saw that that would happen to Africa too. So I really got interested in doing a lot of research. Being a, a scientist makes me always research and interested. And then I started to get really involved on a policy level. Like I advised the United Nations when they were setting up the sustainable development goals, you know, on including fashion. They hadn't even thought about Ooh. fashion in oh the, as an industry. I'm like, fashion is the second largest polluter. But, you know, so... I played a big role in like really bringing the topic on that level. A lot of people have taken that and really made it really big, really impactful. There's huge initiatives going on all around the world about this. But I've always been in the forefront of it, really advocating it. But, you know, things go in so many directions. And I still play around this idea of like, let's still make it pretty. Let's yeah. still make it fun. <laughs> like, let's still make it beautiful. Because my background in sustainability makes me not be so evangelical about it. Mm. Like more like, let's just make it like... Like playful. Like almost bushes and things. Yeah. You see, like that almost yeah. bushes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're just amazing. Uh, you do so much and have done so much. Oh. And um, Carl, I think, don't you love how she drops? I advise the UN. I, I know. It's just like if we could drop these mics, we, I mean, we can just drop the mic. I'm so infatuated and, and inspired by you and what you have done in fashion and bridging gaps. Can you tell us about the gaps that you have bridged with women artisans in Uganda? And fashion. And yeah, fashion. I mean, it's still an ongoing work in progress. Like, I think one of the best things I did when I decided, I, I advocated for a long time, but when I decided that I really wanted to go in, I was like, you know, let me get advice from the best people in the world. And I believe, actually, a woman had reached out to me and she had built the Kate Spade on Purpose project in Rwanda. Mm. I believe her name mm. is Sydney. Shout out to her. And I sat down with her and she called me. I went to Brooklyn. I sat down with her and she really drilled me on because they had done like the whole build the project from beginning to end. But she also knew the challenges. She knew the cultural challenges. Mm -hmm. You know, there's other challenges beyond just business. The ecosystem is fragmented. So right now what we're doing a lot is really a lot of discovery in particularly in Uganda's artisan ecosystem. What people don't realize Uganda was like a huge NGO hub. So because of their fight against AIDS back in the day, they became like a huge NGO hub. And what is NGO? Oh, non-governmental organization. Thank you. Sorry. Non-for-profit, non-governmental organization. Charities, basically. Uh -huh. So there's so many charities. The country's flooded with charities and developmental agencies. So they go and they go and they bring communities together and women together, and then they have nothing to do. So we started looking at like, how do we bring these ecosystems together, create an initiative around them, you know, a real financial business model around them, teach them about fashion. And last year, actually, I did a fashion show. I executive produced a fashion show 
in rural Uganda. I remember. And it was 5,000 people showed up. Wow. It was like a Beyonce oh concert. My I'm like, oh. <laughs> Wow. Wow, yeah, that's awesome. Really so I'm going to share with you, Camilla, that I have actually been to Uganda. You have? With my friend, Vivian, she called me one day randomly and said, will you go on a gorilla trek with me? And I said, yes, yes, I will. That's right. So I got to spend 14 days all over Uganda getting to see not only the lions, but the gorillas, the chimpanzees, going to the mouth of the Nile, seeing the shoebills, going to the rehab center and getting to pet a white rhino. and. Oh. really getting to spend time with the lovely people in Uganda. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give you another tidbit of fun information that our paths are crossing. So at Queen Elizabeth National Park, that area is called Toro Kingdom. Yes. So we at the busy, we actually have an agreement with the kingdom. And wow. it's a kingdom of 2 million people. And they have a king who is 32 and a queen mother. And so we... The way, the way that we're able to work is because we have technology, we're able to then bring these communities on board, you know, really, really un- evaluate, analyze what they're doing, the data, mm-hmm. really look at the programs, re- then start to put resources behind them. So it's amazing that you have to come back to Toro and we do this again with the Bizio. Yeah. <laughs> And I tell people all the time, I'm just going to give a shout out to the country of Uganda because people go to Kenya and Tanzania to go see the big five. You can see all of that in Uganda as well as chimpanzees and the gorillas. And it's not as touristy Mm -hmm. and the people could not be friendlier. They are. They're supposed to be the friendliest people. In the world. I mean, I, I definitely know that That's, you are. I'll be giving friendship. you be giving friendship. <laughs> <laughs> so the Bizio is really busy. It is busy. I saw that you guys actually have an amazing, funny spokesperson who's representing the company. Yes, we by do. By way of Tiffany Haddish. Yes, we do. Tell me, how did she come into play? So Tiffany's story with us is so amazing because she actually is a seed investor in the Bizio. Wow. Because Mm. raising money, people who've had a startup or business, they know how difficult it is. I shelved my business after seven years. It was a lot, you know, to raise money and do all of this. Sure. So Richard had been raising money for the Bizio, but he used some clever strategies because he knew, I think the number is less than 2% of VC capital goes to people of color. And he didn't want to go that route. And he has a very strong... Uh, technology and financial background from BlackRock and Barclays and all these places. And so Tiffany, she found out about him Mm -hmm. and his story and his story of his personal triumph coming from Pittsburgh and making it to Wall Street. And you know her story, her resilience story. And so she put in her own money, which is amazing for, you know, actress, celebrity to actually do that. So she's a seed investor and pretty much the face of the busier. So what's in the pipeline for you guys for the rest of 2023, 2024? Kind of interested in knowing like where you guys are going. So now that we are live, so the, the, the confusing thing for people about the Bizio is we do so much because we are enterprise technology. We're not just a single startup in one sector. We're in so many sectors. Mm-hmm. We're in healthcare. 
We actually have a trading platform that is like a Bloomberg platform that's being used at like Ghana Stock Exchange and Nairobi Stock Exchange. We have about 2 million patients in Nigeria coming on the, to the Vizio for telemedicine. Wow. We have some stuff in fashion that I'm working on. Yeah. Some cool strategies and really trying to, like for me, my personally, my vision is more addressing some of these challenges. I don't want to use this powerful tool to just, yeah, we're going to make money, commercialize, that's great. We have a marketplace coming in. Right. But I also want to help to see what fashion entrepreneurs can use the Bizio to make their businesses better, like whether it's brands, Mm -hmm. you know, like solopreneurs that are making individual small capsule collection stuff, people in the business, people that have maybe multiple businesses in the supply chain. Mm -hmm. We are working with Ethiopia in the manufacturing. Uh They have a huge industrial park in Ethiopia. We're working with Italy. I'm actually bringing on board, I can't say it now, but one of the top modeling agencies, which for me, I'm so excited about. Oh, wow. That's crazy. Yes. Congratulations. Thank you. Because for me, that's so important because being as a model, I'm not saying that no one else in the fashion industry is as important as models. I'm not saying that. But I'm just saying that we really don't have much of innovation or a voice in our sector. Like our little silo is always very, very quiet. It's a very quiet place. And yesterday I just saw someone said, or oh, maybe models will unionize. I mean, I don't know, but most models don't believe that will ever happen. <laughs> it's sad. But that's why I'm so excited to be do- using this platform to also help models manage their businesses and their, you know. Which is a hard business, even too, with celebrities now and influencers kind of taking the jobs of right. what models do. Right, but also models can now take the jobs of influencers. I see it as a, it's an evolution. Like if you understand technology and look to the future, there's nothing that stays stagnant. Right. You cannot believe that your job is going to be the same forever. You, you constantly have to reskill, upskill. I was always that model. Like I did every job. Like they were like, oh, you can't do that. You can't do this. I'm like, I don't know. I'll do it. Reality is there any risque shoot of you out there that we might see on the internet? <laughs> Not risque, but I mean, I was on a reality show. I was on Project Runway. Oh, she was yeah. on Project Runway. Season three. So when I did that, everybody was like, you can't do that. It's career suicide. You. So I wrote letters to my clients mm-hmm. and I said, I hope you don't mind. You know, like you write a letter, everybody's happy. They're like, oh my God, she asked for permission. She's amazing. It's so funny too, because I remember when Project Runway just released and, you know, I was already in the fashion world. We thought it was kind of like a joke. Right. Fashion was kind of taboo in like this really small circle of creatives, but now it's... It's just a humongous industry. Well, you know, that's funny you say that, Carl, because that's a different perspective. Because from where I was, Project Runway was so eye-opening because we were so limited. We didn't know a lot of the smaller designers. Yeah. Didn't know that they were out there, that some of them were in our own cities. Wow. And it really opened, I can say, well, I'm not trying to speak for the whole region of the South, but at least for me it really educated me a lot about the fashion industry because it's something that doesn't seem really approachable Uh unless you live in one of the major fashion cities. Right. Wow, that's such a cool outlook. And that's actually what I, like I turned them down season one, season two, 
just because of course I didn't, you did. I didn't know. No, I, I didn't know what it was. She was busy with the UN. I didn't know what it was. Yeah. And you know what? I don't even own a TV to this day. So I didn't know what it was. But then season three, somebody advised me. I always keep mentors and advise. And they're like, this thing is going to be huge, Camilla. Like, if you really want to do bigger things than just be walking on a runway, this could be cool for you. Like you, it was interesting. It was new. Mm-hmm. Like Jamie said, it was like, oh, like this is so different from everything I've been doing for the last mm. seven years, you know? That's amazing. Did you wear any designs that won that week? So my designer is interesting, funny story, Laura Bennett. She's actually a New Yorker and there was Oh yeah. She moved. But there was a move I pulled because they asked us at that time for models to pick a designer. Mm-hmm. It was a it was a whole story and a drama. You know, reality is a drama. <laughs> there was a drama, and then they say, okay, models pick. And I picked this woman that had not won a challenge, but I had been studying the room, and I really loved her vibe. I go off my vibe. Mm-hmm. I, I just loved her. So we ended up becoming like a team, and the audience loved us. We All her dress sold for way more because they auctioned the dress. So her dress auctioned for way more like than anybody. Mm-hmm. Although we were not winning, but we ended up winning one challenge that I actually advised her what to do with the dress. So I got a little attention like, oh, there's somebody here that's a model that is not just, people think models are dumb, but we are far from that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we are too savvy to be dumb. That's true. <laughs> that's true. So, We talk so much about what you do and who you are and all of your accomplishments and and contributions to the world of fashion, technology, Africa, just everything. What does Carmela do in her spare time? To (laughs) like like what not watch TV? I I know. (laughs) I actually, you know, interesting enough. I actually told people that in a crazy way, I kind of created my job. So. I spend a lot of time alone Mm -hmm. and I spend a lot of time thinking because a lot of my work is solving problems and piecing things together. So I spend a lot of time, like yesterday I was like two hours on the Hudson River Park. I just started going to dance class. So this is a new thing. Oh yeah, because I don't go to the club anymore, Mm -hmm. but I miss dancing. So what kind of dancing are you doing? Ballroom, salsa, Hip-hop. I'm doing all of this that's happening all in this area, 38th Street, with all these amazing choreographers that I don't know what we're doing, hip-hop. We just mix it all up, you know. And then playing So tennis. she's going to be on Broadway next. She's going to be on Broadway next. She, she can do it. I've done... I've been on Broadway, actually. <laughs> <laughs> of course she will. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Listen, you know. And, and, and that's the thing, is like, for me... Growing up, everybody was like, you're in so many things. And now we're living in a world where you have to be in so many things. Right. You know, where it was looked at as a bad thing. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. now it's like you have such multiple faceted skills. Yeah. So that's where I'm really excited about where we are, you know, in society right now. So, Camilla, as we know, Fashion Week is approaching. Is It's basically here. New York Fashion Week. Shout yeah. out. Can't wait. Can't wait. So what is your runway takeaway for our spritzers? Like, what is that one thing or two that you cannot live without? So I'm going to speak to the spritzers that are kind of like me, maybe. 
I love clothes with a story. Like being mm. a model, I always appreciated the clothes that the designer I knew. Like I was so attached to it. So I always say to people like, when I feel most comfortable and beautiful is when I wear something that somebody made for me, like an artist or an artisan or something special. And I could put on jeans and put on this amazing neck piece or these earrings. And so this is what I feel is the best thing you could do for fashion and for sustainability because you're helping an artist and an artisan to keep their job up. So that's my fashion. Best runway look ever. I remember this designer who is a good friend of yours, and I think she used you as a model for her clothing or had a mural or something like that with you on her clothing? Yeah, you mean Katya. 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 Shout out to Katya Leonovich. She's a very good friend of mine. Yeah. And Hi, Katya. Yeah, we've been collaborating for years. Like, I would say, she's one of my best friends. She's now a gallerist, and she has a gallery on 23rd and 6th near Best Buy. It's fabulous. It's fabulous. But we've been collaborating for years, and she's, I don't know, I'm her muse, I guess. Yeah. It's kind of like a shy thing for me sometimes because I go and see my face on her clothes and I'm like, oh my God, you know. It's amazing. <laughs> but it's she's been really amazing for me, like creatively opening up my eyes. She's very, very skilled mm-hmm. technically, you know, from the couture houses and stuff. So it's been a very good exposure for my eye as well. And her artwork is really fabulous. It is. I went to an opening. You did. Randomly or unrandomly, you but did. yeah, it's 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 such <laughs> You're an amazing everywhere, art, Carl. We were so art. I'm everywhere. But you know what? We I was actually I think it was fashion week and you showed up. I yeah. was like, wow. When did you have the time? But I really appreciate you did. Yeah, no, Camilla has been such a great person for me. Jamie, you have to come and meet the uh, Chelsea Nabe. Yeah. Well, Jamie's actually been to Merchants. Right? Okay. Camilla, I am so glad that I finally got to meet you. Yeah. I can't wait to talk more about all the things that you're doing offline. But thank you for sharing your story with the Spritzers. Oh, thank you, Spritzers. Thank you, Jamie. Thank you, Carl. I'm so excited to be here. By the way, it's my first podcast, like as a guest. Well, my second, I think. Yeah. But it's so awesome and I love it so much. So keep it going. I'm in. Thank you. I'm listening. She's in and we're out of here. Yay! Thank you so much for joining us today for the Spritz with Carl and Jamie. A production of Hanger Studios. You can follow us on Instagram at the Spritz Pod, on Facebook at the Spritz, and you can find this amazing Spritzy Ritzy podcast on Spotify, Apple, and wherever you may find your podcast. Please subscribe and rate and review us. Thank you, guys. <laughs>